1: Learn more at marines.com.
2: What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? game is Soda. Cold. I would love to
0: have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Fella. I would
1: never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks.
2: Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one again. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR, the show. With me today, a few guest drinking buddies. We're gonna start with the callback from last week and newest member at Shakes NYG. Say what's up, Shakes?
0: What's going on, wrestling fans?
2: Yeah, Shakes Montana in the house from the Shakedown Sports Podcast. And with us today, a not Sam Shill buddy of mine, Six Crow. Say what's up, man.
1: Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me.
2: I owed him. Turns, I it, just, it wasn't exactly <laughs> like a lost bet, I get, but I, I got I had, bullied. Yeah, I bullied him into it. I, I mocked him on a Zoom chat where his audio sounded terrible. And next thing we knew, next week he had this incredible podcast set up. And I thought, well, if we don't put him on the show, what's it all for, got right? You. Right. <laughs> Right? Got to. Yeah. But okay. luckily since he's a long-time is. wrestling fan who I think makes great points, so it's going to be great to have him part of the conversation anyways. I can't uh, wait. Since
1: this is Wrestling on the Rocks, I mm-hmm. did get some rocks into my drink.
2: Yeah, what's in your glass?
1: Well, since I can't drink alcohol anymore due to the opioid crisis and people dying mm. from mixing both, the fine mm. makers of, of marijuana – put together oh. a nice drink oh. so it's not just for smoking anymore
2: <laughs> that's right i've seen a few of those i saw like some uh some straight up sodas that were like root beer i saw a pbr then, one made a brand of I, thc stuff yeah this is
1: a uh, ginger ale i have i yeah got, yeah root beer orange cola they get everything that's wow. awesome and and they won't that kill you awesome. when you eat an opioid
2: There you go. There you go. And it's not about what you're drinking. It's who you're drinking with. And we're just happy you're drinking with us. Uh, Some of the guys will even come on and uh, uh, they're just having water and stuff. But it's just that's what it is about who you're drinking with. And you're happy you're a drinking buddy. Before I ask Shakes what's in his glass, I have to know Six Crow is that one of those Taco Bell Lord of the Ring cups, those goblets? That is one of those goblets.
1: I was like, what, 98,
2: 99?
1: Yeah, it's the last one the other three got broken. Ooh, so, don't, th-
2: didn't those light
1: up on the bottom? Yeah. They had a little disc that yeah. lit up on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. I had
2: those. I, had those. <laughs> Very... I don't know about you, Shakes, but it's that lie. was I didn't have it. no, it's cool. <laughs> Shakes, what's in your glass? What it do you looks got? cool.
0: Uh, water again, but next week I have something special for us.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I'm taking a little bit easy today. I'm having some uh, some seltzer though. I'm gonna have a little uh, Bud Light lemonade seltzer, strawberry. To have a little bit of a drink as we go, I picked them up the other day.
1: Nice.
2: But I am having it in my Feel the Glow Naomi cup in support (laughs) of Naomi. Is that a Segway? It is. Is that uh, a Segway? It's going to be our segue. Guys, I know typically we've set kind of a precedent where Thursdays are more of our, uh, for lack of a better term, political day. It's usually where we're a lot more uh, taking the IWC to task, where we dive in a lot deeper in conversations about rumors and news and all that type stuff. And Wednesdays, typically, we just talk about what we saw on TV. But it would be absolutely silly of us to pretend that the talk of The last two days has not been Sasha and Naomi and everything that that entails. And I've been thinking of it as a pretty fascinating conversation to begin with. Uh, And I think when I look at it, the IWC, I think, is missing a lot of the the boat. They're overgeneralizing. I think that before we really dive in, I just want to say that since none of us work there and none of us are millionaires, (laughs) it's going to be really hard for us to really say – Definitively, what's right and what's wrong, and who's really fucked up? Yeah, in the in a grand scheme, right? like
1: I think I think everybody saw the first statement and ran with that as the gospel. Yes. And they haven't got the other three sides, basically. You know.
2: I mean, and how valid are other three sides going to be? I'll say that, like, as a before, because I want to pitch it over to Shakes here, just second. former road dog, Jesse James came out and said on busted open that if you're making millions of dollars and your biggest problem is the wrestling booker booked you in something you're not happy with. And there's larger issues here than creative. And I will say that millionaires arguing over little things. Isn't really our moral high ground to like dive into, but I mean, it's a complicated thing. I'll say Sasha is clearly very passionate and believes a lot in the women's tag team championships. she, She fought for them for over a year. We know, and she's very Mm -hmm. emotional about them, uh, to the same degree. Vince McMahon's very emotional about his company that he's been running for 50 something years. You know, we've, I saw someone else make the example of you never see people in Hollywood walk off set because they don't like the creative direction (laughs) of their character, two big flaws in that argument. One, we saw it in fresh Prince, and the show went on with a different mom and two they get the scripts up front months in advance. They know what's going on, right? So this is a, this is a different beast altogether. Uh, one of the big arguments I saw coming out was a lot of people are, are attributing a lot of these issues and especially being referred to as unprofessional continuously throughout the show of Raw as being race-driven. Uh, they gave a number of examples of that not happening on TV with uh, uh, white talent. I don't really have room to speak on that because I don't really know. I didn't get those vibes because the examples to me were were way different at a different time with different uh, fallouts. But it's really not my place to say whether or not I felt that way at all. Shakes, did you feel any of that? Uh, not to single you out, but I'm going to single you out. Oh, no, like, it's, it's cool. Speak on it's behalf cool. of it, you know what <laughs> I mean, Tell me how you felt about it. What do you think about all this going on?
0: Um, I think when... Whenever, uh, as a race, we feel slighted in any way, mm-hmm. I think we all always revert to that, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, we getting the the raw end of the stick, like, mm-hmm. uh, y'all to us, y'all have a little more leeway and a little, a little more privilege
2: mm-hmm.
0: for us, mm-hmm. we have to fight for everything that we get. Yeah. So been saying that I think in this situation it's more of um, I don't think it's like a blatant race thing but it's it's underlined
1: Mm
0: -hmm. it's undercover you know and I think that what you say about Sasha Sasha she's like me right um when you like I, I told you, I've been um, a fan since I was three. Mm-hmm. She's the same way, right? Yeah. And But that she took it to another level where she took notes and, and, and studied certain wrestlers and all these things. So she is an actual student of the game. Mm-hmm. So when you're a student of the game, sometimes you get to the point where you try to become the teacher because you learned everything that they try to teach you but now you see what they can do better and you're trying to add to it Mm. now to get um shunned and say no we're not going to do it or we're not going to do that that way we'll take it as okay well if becky lynch would have said it you probably would have done it right Mm. but because of me oh, I I, I get a little backlash. And I think that's where it comes into the race
2: car point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I guess if you're trying to think even what makes the two of us different, that's easily the the quickest difference, right? Uh,
1: And we were even talking
2: about it last week, about how much we were excited about Naomi and Sasha being tag champions, being Mm
1: -hmm.
2: two black women champions, we thought was pretty notable. you know. Uh, Six Crow, what were you going to say?
1: It, it surprises me that race is getting brought into it because WWE is very much a leader in having um, people of color as champions, as spokesmen, as ambassadors, yeah. and for race to be like a number one thing, you know, I, I think that's kind of a cop-out. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe like an um, easy easy thing to
0: point to, right? Easy,
1: yeah, um. It's it's yeah, it's the easiest thing to say, oh, it's because of this. But I will say I, I think that
2: the whole situation is much more complicated than one easy answer. I'm not saying was, nothing is a factor, but I'm saying I think all things are a factor. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot to break down
1: You know, who's um, it, it, so gonna be, you know, a black woman against another black woman in a main event. And that's that's positive. That happened. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. And it's going to happen again.
2: Yeah. And they won an SB for that. I mean, it was largely very notable by more than just wrestling fans.
1: Right. So people can say maybe Sasha was jealous that, you know, her spotlight wasn't going to be... She wasn't (laughs) going to be the only black main eventer. Mm. I Mm. I would be hard-pressed
2: to buy that. Here's what I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's a reach.
2: Yeah, I think well, it's a little bit of a reach, but I, I mean it, the argument being out there is understandable. Someone might make that argument. Uh, yeah. I think that it really breaks down to Sasha wanting more for specifically the Women's Tag Team Championships. She even said on Broken Skull Sessions when she had that interview that one of the things she was most upset about losing the titles was that nothing happened after they lost. That they put them on no intentional disrespect to the Iconics, but they put them on the Iconics and they largely disappeared and they became a joke and that
1: killed it. and killed it for a while. And now floating around the IWC is that they want to take away the women's tag championship
2: altogether. A lot of people are saying they'd like to see them just completely destroyed. And I don't think that that's the right answer either. No, I'm trying to think of where even to start with all this. Let's, Let's circle back a little bit. They even
0: got the mixed tag team. I'm sorry to cut you off, but oh. they even got the mixed tag team now going on with um,
2: Judgment uh, Day and, Ty, and
0: yeah, or Ty Conti and um.
2: Oh, and Sammy Guevara out in AAA. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that division has a women's tag champions. They have a mixed tag champions, which is also a little bit weird. But um, <laughs> like I said, there's kind of a lot here, so I'm gonna circle back a little bit to some of the examples people were making on why they felt it was potentially. Why uh, race was a factor when it wouldn't have been otherwise um, Austin Steve Austin when he walked out in 2002 uh, right. People say that They didn't release a statement uh, Specifically in that statement Well let me just I'm going to run through the list they, they also talked about when Brock threw the universal title At Vince McMahon after Wrestlemania uh, Which was the one in Was it New Orleans I think uh, But we saw footage of that He threw it at him Vince called him an asshole They said they didn't release a statement then uh charlotte during the title exchange with becky lynch where it kind of fell to pieces and became very unprofessional very quick that they didn't release a statement then either uh also when tony storm walked out of the company just flat out during right after a, a, a a live event uh she she walked off and said she flew home and said she's not coming back and they granted her her release and they said that no one none of those times did they release a statement saying that these people refused to do what they did um maybe I should read the statement real quick just so that way I mean I can't imagine anybody listening isn't fully aware of but at the same time uh maybe they're not I know some people listen to this to get caught up on stuff so um let me see if I can find it uh it's right here WWE released the statement when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived Arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed the tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with these individuals in the past with no consequences. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract we regret were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. And I think that's kind of the key here is, is WWE talking about not delivering their main event. I think that in all those other examples, except for Stone Cold, Brock throwing the title, that was after the main event took place. Charlotte belt exchange. It was already on TV and it happened in the ring. Just not the way they wanted Tony storm left in the middle of a program, but without an advertised match coming up and not on live TV. You know what I mean? Uh, I think what this really reminds me of, because when you think about back when stone cold walked out, they buried him on TV. They talked about took his ball, home. um,
1: Yeah, they are. Uh,
2: yep wwe.com had confidential at the time and they they went on a thing there about how stone cold was being unprofessional and walked out uh the rock came out and and talked shit on stone cold this is what i mean by i think everyone's emotionally driven here is it reminded me more so of vince mcmahon doing the brett screwed brett after the montreal screw job vince mcmahon thought according to what we've heard, especially with like uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast and all that, Vincent man thought that was a babyface promo that he was saving face by saying it was the talent's fault that it happened. It was received very poorly by the rest of us and we all went <laughs> boo that man. you know what I mean like it created the biggest heel in the business still to this day. I think that Vince is so emotional about his own company that when he can't deliver what he wants the way he wants, doesn't word it right he doesn't handle it right he doesn't handle it well no you know what i mean like i think this was their attempt to save face and really what it did was make them look worse as it always does when they try this
1: you're trying to get ahead of the story you know make it their narrative.
2: i think well for one there's part of that but i think a big part of it is also trying to apologize to the fans for not delivering the content and really trying to say it's not our fault They're trying to not get the blame on WWE as a brand on not delivering and trying to say this talent behaved a certain way. The fan base largely, we don't give a shit (laughs) and you guys change the matches all the time. So it's like, why are you pointing fingers at them and not just weaseling it around where we don't notice? I feel like it was an emotional Vince. You know what I mean? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. They could have put Alexa bliss and, uh, any other female in their spots and nobody would have said anything.
2: Maybe. Shakes, what do you think?
0: I just think that they handle these things poorly. Every time. <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, they just handle these things poorly. And, and you're right. I think that they try to uh, get ahead a of the story, make it their narrative, push it their their gender yeah I mean they what they want mm-hmm. but um again that's the wrong way and then to to mm-hmm. add Corey Graves and, and and put him in the mix and now he's being yeah. attacked man yeah, yeah. I mean this is all the way around just bad PR
2: it's a mess you know what you I do E! News reported on it. Roots.com reported on it. Like, there's uh, New York Post was reporting on it. Like, this has gotten big, you know? What uh, were you we going to say, Six Pro? I
1: was going to say, uh, Corey Grace would not have said that unless he was told to.
2: Correct. Uh, 100%. He doesn't say almost anything that he is not told to. Uh,
0: <laughs> and he's no. always attacking Sasha, so...
2: That's what, that's, I mean, and that's the... That's
0: why I think that they did that, you know, the, you know, you you always attacking, and why don't you just say that, you know, say, push our narrative.
2: Yeah. And if you really, the first thing he said might've been on his own, because the first thing he said was, um, usually very, uh, how did he word it? Because the first time it was mentioned was he said that, um... I don't even know if he used the term professional, but he was like, usually something along the lines of being very professional, uh, there has to be a reason why they would have walked out. You know what I mean? Like, he said that it was un—it was not within their, their character to do something like that. And then everything after that became, they unprofessionally walked out. And I have a feeling that he said the original thing as a way to kind of like, hey, there's got to be a reason here because they're not usually like this. And that could very easily have upset someone in his ear who said, no, they did it because they're unprofessional. You say that. Okay, boss. Make sure you push (laughs) that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because he has has as much information as the viewer, pretty much. As
2: as what's being fed to him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to also quickly address the idea of, like, they have never released a statement like that before. WWE's also never been working with the newsletters before the way they are now. When Austin walked out, they went to their own website and posted something. They used uh, Confidential. They used that program, Bite This. They used WWE.com. Especially back in those times, uh, uh, they were not on friendly terms with almost any newsletter whatsoever because this is not that far removed. I know it's about 10 years removed, but it's still really close. After the steroid trial, all the negative press they were getting then, uh, just a year or two later, they were getting all the negative press about the uh, – sexual allegations that were coming out at the time, they cut ties with all wrestling media. Uh, They weren't talking to any of them. So there was no one to release a newsletter to that or a news news, a statement to that they would have been communicating with. Right. Or they would have even reported it in a way of saying, this is what they told us. They would have, they were being bashed all the time by them where now they're trying to work more with those to get the word out. They're doing the media scrums. They never, they never really did before. So I think that's why you didn't see those statements before versus now. They're more willing to talk to the outlets now than they were then i think it's that simple on why that came out otherwise it would have been on their.com back kinda, in the day
0: you kind of have to these days though social mm-hmm. media yeah oh yeah okay. if you don't you get you, you get lost you get lost mm-hmm. the
1: yeah surface. the second you don't you're hiding something
0: yes and then not only that i mean just to keep up with the challenges you have to have a Twitter. You have to have a, a Instagram. You have to have a Facebook. You have to have a YouTube.
2: Yeah, yeah. You especially with all the so
0: you can't run. You can't run no more.
2: Yeah, that's true. And with all the metrics that they're having, because before they used to just solely rely on their Nielsen ratings, we're doing this much in the ratings. Now they have to rely on this is our YouTube hits. This is our TikTok hits. This is our uh, social media impressions on Twitter. You need all those mm-hmm. things, and so all this
0: got to generate to the um, WWE network, which is yep. on Peacock. You know, right. yep, mm-hmm.
2: yep. Um, anything on those specific topics we talked about that you guys wanted to throw in?
0: Um,
2: I'm not done with the Sasha and Naomi stuff. I want to talk about the women's tag division now, because I want to talk about the differences between why not before and and why now. Like I said, with Austin, they did it on their own dot com. At the time, they didn't talk to the media. With Brock, the main event already happened and took place the way they wanted it to, and he was just being an asshole in the back, and, and it did not affect the show. Uh, Charlotte, it was already on live TV. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Go back and say, hey, it wasn't supposed to be that way. What They've been saying forever that if it happens on live TV, it was meant to happen because nobody knows it wasn't. You know what I mean? Um, and even then, Becky went on and did some interviews where she dragged Charlotte about it. Like... She, she was dragged, um, and Tony Storm again was middle of a program without something that was announced that they couldn't they couldn't get ahead of anyways. You know what I mean? This was this had happened supposedly live on air, so everyone got emotional. I'm I'm saying. Uh, let's see. Let me go. Let me talk about the the women's tag division. And then we'll get back to a little bit of what's been coming out about how it all broke down that day, if that's okay with you guys.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
2: So part of the rumors was that it was seen as disrespectful. Sasha and Naomi were slated. Naomi was slated to win that match, and then Sasha was going to go on to face Ronda Rousey at Hell in a Cell, and they were both going to go to those pay-per-views, fight the world champions, and lose without pushing any form of a tag team storyline. It was also supposedly pitched that... Nikki and/or Dewdrop would interfere in one or both of those matches to create the losses to help push the tag team title storyline, while still giving the 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 win to their respective champions who they wanted to win. Right? Uh, I saw some people even saying when the match was first announced that it was disrespectful. Why are they in there? And why isn't it like Liv and Rhea, or like you said, Alexa, or something? In my mind. When I saw that they were in the match, I actually felt like it was very respectful in that I thought, oh, cool. They're saying if you're the tag team champions, you are in the conversation for being a number one contender. That if we're going to have a number one contenders match, the tag champions need to be in that match because they're champions. Therefore, they're on that level. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're
1: still advertising, you know, the tag team champion. Yes. it's It's still in the match.
2: Yeah, so, and then talking strictly about just being in the match, as far as what they were planning for the match, to me, putting the tag team champions in the match, everyone said why, and my thought was because they're saying that they're on a number one contender level, right?
1: Yeah. Am I the only one who perceived it
2: that way? No.
0: No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Six Girl.
1: No, no, I said, I was just going to say, it makes the, uh, the tag titles look bigger when they're in a big event that's what I thought I, I kind of yeah. disagree oh but
0: really <laughs> yeah um, it, 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 it's interesting that y'all see it that way but I kind of see it in a different way when you put them in a, a heavyweight title match it's kind of the minimizing the tag team titles like okay that's just secondary you know it, like the bloodline like the bloodline
1: then... like though what do you mean
0: No, no no Because, you know, Bloodline, that's adding to the heavyweight, right? Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is if Sasha had won the title, now people wouldn't even care about the uh, tag team titles, right? Now, I know you said that the the thing was for them to lose in that match or whatever, but it still makes that tag team titles seem like eh, secondary, Eh, whatever.
2: Are you talking about the number one titles. contender match or the Hell in a Cell match that was perceived to happen?
0: I'm, I'm I'm saying as far as put in um Sasha and Naomi in a heavyweight contenders match, period. Okay. Would minimize the tag team titles. It, it just would make it a, a afterthought. Is what I'm saying. That it will be all about the women's titles, and then people wouldn't care about the tag team titles. I think that you have to kind of keep the tag team titles on the mantra of a heavyweight title because it's like, okay, yeah, it's tag team. It it should be, you are a champion, and it's just as hard being a tag team champion as just being a singles because all you got to do is worry about yourself. In a tag team, you have to worry about the next man or the Mm -hmm. woman. You know what I'm saying? That's sharing. So it Mm -hmm. should be up to par as a heavyweight title. So you sitting there putting the t- champions in a heavyweight contendership match, it's to de- minimizing the tag team titles in my eyes.
2: But what about when the Golden Role Models held the titles? Did they get the world titles before they got the tag titles or was it the other way around?
0: Remind me who the Golden Role Models
2: are. Sasha and Bailey the second time during the pandemic when they got the tag titles in 'cause Because remember they had the tag titles and the world titles yeah. at the same time. And I feel like that- right. That was one of those times where it seemed like well, they were all on the same one of level them had because the
0: raw right yeah. One of them had raw and then one of them had Smackdown and then they was the tag team champions right right I believe. but were they tag champions I
2: think they were tag champions before they got both worlds. I think I think Bailey had the Smackdown title. Yeah. they won the they tag were- titles together and then they got them the raw title after they got Sasha the raw right, title right, after yeah. and then they had all of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And at that point that storyline made it look like the tag titles were as important as the world titles because here you had a unit trying to get it all and getting it all so if you beat the tag champs you beat world champs which was kind of on that line
0: i see that that that's power right that's like what what you're talking about with the um bloodline you know yeah just having all the gold like i can see that that's putting it as up there as the heavyweight championship But when when you sit in there and you just put them in a a contendership for the heavyweight championship and they the tag team title, I mean, champions, then to me, it just minimizes the tag team titles in my eyes. That's okay. All right.
2: All right. Yeah, because to me, because I know that, especially because they didn't have an announced, like, method of deciding who they're getting in the match. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, here's six people in a match for the number one contender spot. The only ones that made sense to me were Asuka, Becky, and Sasha Naomi because it's like, okay, well, Sasha, or no, because Asuka and Becky are currently in a program with Bianca. They're currently having interference there. And then it goes, well, then Naomi and Sasha would be in there just because they're champions, so therefore they are seen on that level. And then Drop and Nikki were kind of in there because I thought, well, in this match, we're going to see those two tag teams get in each other's way and it was going to build to a tag match later, which we, which it turns out yeah, was not yeah, the yeah. goal, but was obviously right there on the table. Like, why wouldn't you, um, right. yeah. but yeah, it's uh, so it, yeah, I, I'm glad that you broke it down the way that you saw it. Cause I wasn't to me. I was like, Oh, that's cool. They're saying if they're If you're tag champions and there's no reason why you can't vie for the world title either, the women's title. Um, and then the perceived disrespect after the fact was that the, that both women would be on respective singles run while tag champions without doing a tag story until after the fact. So now you're on two different singles runs, which you're slated to lose. And we're going to pick up after those losses to then pick up a tag story. When, like we just just, said, why wouldn't you have uh... all the interference beforehand to to be pushing the tag story along and make it feel more like a stutter for the, for the women's champs than the tag champs. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's like going down a dead end road. Yes. It's it just you know, there's no point in doing a story It's just not going to be a payoff.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um. So, I agree that the women's tag team division is not as taken care of as a lot of people want it to be. I mean, me specifically, I have a replica of the tag title. I got it as soon as it came out. I think it's. <laughs> One of the – I think it's one of the most beautiful belts they have right now, to be honest. And I was choked up when the belts even were uh, displayed. And I have a, a frame on my wall of Sasha and Bailey at the Elimination Chamber with it, with a little swatch of the, of the thing. Those titles mean a lot to me too because I had two uh, nieces that are just under like a year old when that match took place. And in my mind, I thought they'll never live in a world with without that as a possibility. Here you had Sasha and Bailey looking up to the Hardy brothers and saying, I want to have those, but there never was those right now. We have a right. world where my nieces will never not have that as an, as something to dream about. It's and that an meant a lot option, to me as a right. wrestling fan. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm, so I am speaking on behalf of, a uh, uh, myself saying that those titles mean a lot to me too. The division means a lot to me too. At The same time I can understand that the women's division is just not robust enough to, f- to have a standalone tag division, that has uh, long-term teams, right? Even the men's tag division is under fire constantly for how many tag teams do we have, and are you putting some together and breaking them up? And the men even have two other singles titles to go after. So you got the tag, U.S., Intercontinental, World, and Universal. With the women, you have Raw Champion, SmackDown Champion, and Women's Tag. So I feel like the Women's Tag is the launching point for the mid card. That's why you have like Aria and Nikki and then Aria and, and uh Liv. It's helping get them in the ring with stars on the caliber of like a Sasha and Naomi you so need, they can yeah. get into that main event scene, you know?
1: You need it's, four to six teams to be able to tell a good story. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: and if they're using it to push four women into the next level of their career, then you're gonna be putting them together and breaking them apart all the time. You know what I mean? Right. It's just Which not as wide. deep a roster as it should be, but it they is gotta, what it
1: is. They need more of the uh, NXT girls to uh, pop up.
2: I don't think it's an accident that and, we've seen and, a huge and, increase of women in NXT. Go ahead, Shakes.
0: Right, and and, and to my point, I mean, what I was going to say is I think that's where they're messing up at. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know what is um, the reason... For all the firings that they have had in recent mm-hmm. months. Yeah. I don't I thought it was because of WrestleMania. They had something big in store. I thought they were gonna bring a lot of stars coming back and all this. And it wasn't like that. I mean, mm-hmm. WrestleMania was great, don't get me wrong. It was awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was, you know, they were getting rid of all these guys and all these girls to bring in bigger stars, more you know more talent but they didn't and so it's like you're 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 pigeonholing yourself now because you only have so much talent mm-hmm. and I look at um AEW and they got they got so much talent they don't even know what to do with them yeah right right yeah. like, and that's how WWE should have been it should be you know it should be where you have so much talent that you have to have a SmackDown and a Raw. It's now getting to the point where they want to unify everything because it's not enough wrestlers. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: I will say that the WWE was under fire a lot for hoarding talent and having too many people on the roster. It wasn't that long ago, even a year ago, uh, you'd hear podcasts talking about going through the roster and saying that over half these people you haven't seen on TV in six months, just let them go already, release them. Um, I, I think that we've talked about it briefly before. I think it was episode one that uh, I think whatever the reason being behind the majority of these releases is not something as simple as we're going to know because I think that it's boardroom level discussions of long-term business concepts just because for a while it was like, Oh, it's talent. They're not using. Oh, it's talent. They don't have plans for, Oh, it's talent that, that hasn't been on TV in a long time, but then they started releasing people in the middle of storylines. You know what I mean? Like Alistair Black, Was scheduled for a match the next day. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Bray Wyatt, ongoing storyline for a long time. They end up with a cliffhanger. You know, like, it just got to a point where then you start going, oh, maybe vaccinations are a a concept here. And it got too messy too fast to where you just look at them all and you go, "I, I don't know. There is no consistent thread through all these releases. I think that it's a much more complicated conversation that we just aren't privy to. But I agree that there's gotta be somewhere in between having way too much talent and having not enough talent feels like an issue. Both companies are having right now. Where is that balance where you can have robust divisions for every title? You know what I mean? Like that's what you should want. Right.
1: Right. Um,
2: but I do think the women's tag team division specifically is designed as their mid card title to launch women to the next level. And that's why the the tag teams come and go the way they do so much. And I don't, I don't love it, but I get it. And and I'm hoping that the NXT influx can help with that, can start bringing in a lot more women to be tagged. I think that's
0: the problem. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think that's the problem. And why Sasha and Naomi is taking a stance that they're taking. It's like, you can do so much more with this, man. Yes. And y'all limiting yourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you can bring up an NXT talent, you know, for three weeks, four weeks, tell a story, send them back, send somebody else, and you always keep those titles. Yeah. You know, and going in check um, Yeah.
2: I do think that the women's tag titles are it feels like Sasha's baby. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's emotional about it and she should be. And I think because she's got so much in that up, up, down, down episode where her and FTR were sitting down, or well, it was Bailey, Sasha, and FTR were sitting down talking about it. FTR was just telling, recounting how they saw them knocking on Vince's door every single day for over a year to get these titles and how much it meant to them. And Sasha and Bailey were crying before they even got to respond because it meant that much to them. So I do think that. Sasha's trying to get those tag titles back up to a point of being meaningful and being standalone, and like she doesn't have
1: to be in the tag; she could be a single star. She's choosing to be in the tag division, and on Twitter, like once a week, she thanks Vince McMahon. She just sends a thank you to him once a week. So something really big must have. Transpired for,
2: yeah, for her to walk away. It, I think that she must have felt disrespected. Uh, absolutely, I think she she was fighting for those titles. I don't know. Do you think it's a conversation even breaking down? Like, where's the divide between a talent being told, being doing what they're told to do versus standing up for what they think is right? And where's that line? Because there's got to be a line, right? Where you're a character on a show yeah. and there's also like you can demand more you know what i mean and and who are you helping and who you're hurting in those instances like i have no idea where that line is i i'm inclined to agree that you got to fight and you got to stand up for yourself but at the same time i'm not paid millions of dollars to do a thing i've been paid a lot less right. to do shit i did not agree with <laughs> you know what i mean and sometimes you just do your job because it's what your job is and it's tough i do think that we as a uh, I mean, society on a whole, we glorify millionaires and try to make them relatable to, to those of us who scrape by check to check. And I do think that those mentalities are significantly different. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I think um then you talk about that line, I, that those lines get blurred, especially when you're a superstar, right? Yeah. Because it's like, at that point in time, and even if it's not true, in your head, it start to become true. Is like, um, am I bigger than a company, or, you know, can I, uh, go off on my own and still be good, you know? And I'm big enough a person to do that. So, if that is the case, I can fight way more harder on my, on what mm-hmm. I want to do. Compared to somebody that's fighting to stay on the roster.
1: Yep. I feel a, bad for Naomi because I don't think she has as much pull as Sasha does. So it's going to hurt her more in the long run. I think she has run.
0: more pull than we actually really believe, though. Because,
2: I agree with um, that. She's been there longer than any other woman on that roster except maybe Nadia. Been there
0: longer. Her husband is, is a Uso. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so she's... She's in the royalty family of that, you know, that Uso family, that, um, that, okay. that whole bloodline
2: family tree.
0: I, I think that she does have a lot more pull than people actually think.
2: I agree, but I do also okay. agree with Six Crow that it could hurt her in, in some regards. Uh, I mean, it's like they say in billions, I know what you were saying, Shakes. What's the point of having fuck you money if you don't say fuck you from time to time, you know? Uh, <laughs> And it's kind of like what happened with with Moxley, right? He he didn't want to resign because he had enough money to live off of, so he could just do what he wants right. to do. And I think about that all the time. I watch these shows about people who go on and make millions and millions, and they're fighting for an extra two million or three million. And I was like, God damn! If someone gave me one million, I'd walk away. You know what I mean? Like, because you can right. live off that, right? Like, yeah. um. But at the same time, I'm not in those conversations. So maybe if I was, right. I'd say maybe but I could hold I, out for more. You right? Know
0: what I mean? Like, yeah, you you gotta think like you'll have a different mentality you got 70 million in the bank and
2: somebody come to you and say well
0: yeah take this three million well
1: fuck you yeah, exactly
2: right <laughs> and so if you're someone like a Sasha, who who let's say she doesn't have mainstream appeal let's say she's just made what she's made in wwe she's made enough to be able to walk away anyways right like yeah she couldn't live comfortably she's from there it on before. out right?
0: she's, she's done it done before, it before. <laughs> yeah
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I agree. I think that you've got to stand up sometimes. Um, I haven't been trying to defend Vince or the WWE in any of this, but I do think that the conversation's worth having because I, I'm more interested in the conversation than the the staunch, these people are bullshit. I don't think it's as easy as I've seen some people speculate that WWE needs to issue this massive apology and beg Sasha and Naomi to come back. I hear that, but also it's the fucking WWE. They're the... they're. One of the biggest companies in the world, they make the most money out of any wrestling company. If you think the company wouldn't work well without those two, then you don't remember what happened when Austin walked out. You know what I mean? The Rock left. Like, they're fine. They don't need any of these talent. I don't mean that to diminish these talent. I think the show is better with them. yeah. You know? I don't know if that means that... that... What I think is this. I don't think that either side needs to grovel. But I do think that both sides work better together than apart. And what I want is for all of them to get into a room and say, what do we do next? How do we move forward? What's best for both sides, right? Because right. Yeah. it also sets a precedent either way, right? If you're a talent then, who who throws your title on there and walks away, you, do you set the precedent that you can do that? Not just what's best
0: for parties, mm-hmm. but what's best for all parties. Yes. The, 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 the consumer included.
2: Yep. Yep, yeah. The how do entire division,
0: not just my Action. narrative,
2: the fans, but yeah. for the fans too.
1: Yeah. How do we make a story out of this now?
2: Boom. And that's what I think is secondary. The amount of people who have to be so fucking smart to call everything a work just so they can't get fooled, I think is ridiculous. Because <laughs> you fool yourself into thinking everything is fake when some things are not, right? I do think there's a balance, and I think the 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 thing that people also confuse is there is a massive difference. Between using reality to work a storyline and the difference between working reality to create a storyline. People confuse those so much. And when they see something appear on TV, they go, see, obviously fake. Obviously it'll work the whole time. No, sometimes they just take reality and put it in there because it's more fun and easier to get invested into when they blur that line. And as long as Vince McMahon's always been running the company, it's always been that what's best for business, he's always blurred the line because it's better for them and it's more entertaining for the fans. And I do think that that's a number one priority. I'm excited to see if we can get everyone in one room to say, what do we do here? They're going to use this. Do you think you could use this specifically to get back into the shows a little bit to get Naomi into the bloodline? To have her pushing her, you know, Pull in her weight, to have her her force in their hands, to even have a Paul Heyman speaking on behalf of her all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like, could you use this reality to create a world where you've turned Sasha and Naomi heel and joined up with the bloodline?
0: Mm-hmm. I think they should. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> but I think that is great for um storylines. It's mm-hmm. great for reality because what do the people eat up most? Reality based things. Right? Yep. <laughs> like if mm-hmm. you sit there and give us the real, like we sitting there like, oh no,
1: wait a minute. That
0: that's real.
1: Like it, how it, great it, when Edge, Like Edge and Matt Hardy and they mm-hmm. had that.
0: Exactly right like it was what man. so
1: real yeah it was exactly so real. that's real
0: right yeah. it's
1: so even you know, in tna you kinda,
0: the jeff and, Jarrett
1: and
2: kurt angle mm-hmm. stuff
0: jeff Jarrett yeah. and kurt angle remind me of that one uh oh oh no nope, you ain't got you i remember yeah i remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but yes um yeah when you can implement real life things that's going on to the camera like the people can see that like oh wait a minute that that's real and they gravitate to us so if you can do that because the people would eat that up i mm-hmm. mean it's already you know what i mean that like, yeah. the uzo is a husband it just makes sense it makes sense and you'll be like oh and then with this going on oh it, it's perfect they yeah. should
2: and then and then you can get to the point where you start going yeah, like, oh, was it supposed to happen or not supposed to happen? And at the end of the yeah. day, that's what's best. It kind of even reminds me, I was talking a little bit about it when we saw it, the uh, the new Spider-Man movie, uh, No Way Home. When they incorporated Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, I was like, I was talking to my brother and I was like, it was so brilliant that they tied those stories in. So it was, suddenly made it feel like all of the things that we knew were reality, the contract disputes, Sony and Marvel budding heads, the, the inability to use Spider-Man in things like the Avengers, it made it all seem like storyline. It made it all seem like it was for this greater purpose of this multiverse concept that they're going through. And my brother goes, who in the world is so uh, – who, who in the entire entertainment world could do something that, that's that clever where you could make something real look like it's been worked the whole time? And I was like, dude, wrestling. Wrestling is the only thing. That's why I love this movie. It was a pro wrestling Spider-Man movie. They took reality and made it seem like it was supposed to happen. Right. So I do think that then you get all the people on the other side saying, like, see, I knew it was fake all along. You go, No, no, no. They're just smarter than you all along. <laughs> and they knew how to right. work it so yeah. you wouldn't know the difference anymore. And that's what's fun, you know? Absolutely.
0: That's, that's
2: my thoughts. But I don't know. I feel like we hit a lot of the points there that I thought a lot of people were missing. I think people have oversimplified this to being that they're disrespected and they should walk out. I think they've oversimplified. WWE is a massive machine and no one should ever walk out. They've oversimplified it was strictly due to race. They've oversimplified that they never did this before back in 2002 when the newsletters were not as prevalently necessary for their business. So I wanted to dig into all those things because I felt like a lot of people are going like, this is it and this alone where when I'm looking at all these things from the sides, I'm going like, this is a big thing. This is big, big, right? Like there's a lot here. Bigger
0: than Nino Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, is there anything on the subject that either of you specifically wanted to bring up or talk about, or that you even came across that we hadn't mentioned that you, you think we should dig into?
1: I think I'm going to wait till I get more information before I, uh... that's the other thing. Before I right. make any more <laughs> statements. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because just like I said, we only know a portion of what really happened. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I do think that we all agree that we all love Naomi and Sasha and want them in that company. We love them as champions. Yeah. And we want to see this all kind of pan out and to get more of them on TV. And I want to see a women's division that's so strong that people think that the those titles are undeniable.
0: Can I take this time? Yeah. If you listen listening, Sasha, you <laughs> have a big fan right here. That's true. I would love you better than any man in this world. Give me mm-hmm. a call.
2: Mike can't fight.
1: <laughs> can't fight. <laughs> yeah. I got him. I yeah. thought you only liked heels. Hey. Yeah. But
2: she's such I a good heel a They stuff. made an evil documentary about her. <laughs>
0: yes yes
2: I love that line you don't make kids and cry man, but Sasha Banks does
0: What Sasha Banks does that was best yeah. that was a, oh man that was awesome yep, yep. I love that one I can watch that over and over I love you yeah. Sasha
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yo we love Naomi here Naomi's the reason that my girlfriend the producer of the show even got into wrestling we started watching Total Divas a little bit here and there she totally fell in love with Trinity and her husband and just thought they were the greatest couple ever And then all of a sudden, she sees a clip on that show of Naomi's entrance, and she goes, you didn't tell me there was dancing on that show. And I was like, well, yeah, when Naomi comes out. And so then from then on, anytime Naomi was on any show, she had to be there. She had to watch it. And everything else hooked her, you know? Like, but if it wasn't for Naomi, we wouldn't, you know
0: what I mean? I think Naomi's booty should have her
2: own Twitter page. (laughs) (laughs) messed (laughs) Messed up. Probably does, knowing a lot of these weirdos online. Probably does You're have right. some sort of fan page, at least. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Sportsbeard coming through the chat. Cheers, Sportsbeard. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the shows, though? Or is there any other news that you guys thought we should should go into? But I just thought, let's open the show and dive into what people are talking about.
0: Yeah, that was the hot topic, right? Yeah. Thinking,
1: you know, I you think, think that was
0: amazing, what I wanted to hit on, was that
2: topic yeah. there. I'm um, I'm I'm really happy to have you here to weigh in on what what you saw too and what you felt about it because I think that yeah there's definitely what I like about the show is the the multitude of perspectives that we can get here the drinking buddies as it were
0: yeah absolutely shout out beard
2: yeah shout out to beard bringing it together uh let's go through a little bit I think we're just gonna highlight stuff because I don't want us to be here all day breaking down everything <laughs> but. There was a lot of stuff that happened here. Uh, Smackdown on a whole. I really enjoyed. Opened up with RK Bro coming out to challenge the Usos, and locker room leader himself, Sami Zayn, came out to address the issue, to address the problem at hand, wearing his Bloodline shirt, and all. Oh
1: man, Sami, Sami is Zayn. great. He's incredible. I usually don't like comedy and wrestling, but and him we- and Kevin Owens can do it perfect
0: yeah man they awesome and we just spoke about it last week right Mm -hmm. like being an honorary member of the bloodline and yeah he comes out (laughs) with the shirt on and he's just oh yeah i
2: couldn't i could barely handle it. it. it was so great uh ultimately he does talk himself into a match against riddle i like how he was saying like the you know Orton was trying to say, like, oh, I'm I'm so impressed by how much pull you have with the bloodline and you can make these decisions. <laughs> so good. He ends up in a match with Riddle. Dude, Sami Zayn and Riddle together? Like, I thought it'd be good, but damn. Like they went like they went like it was the premium live event, I felt like. Like that was an amazing way to start off the show. It's great. And even yeah, we...
0: the point, um, my bad. But uh, just a point of remember we was talking about last week uh, winning matches the sleazy way or whatever, and he tries mm-hmm. to do it again.
2: They yeah. try to get
0: another <laughs> count out, man. That was just hilarious. I'm sorry, Six Pro. Go ahead, bro. So
2: good.
1: Oh no problem, dude. I would just, I would love to see a program with like Sammy and Kevin Owens versus RK Pro. Yeah. Mm. That would be that would be hilarious.
2: That would work out so well. I agree with you two Six Crow. There's a lot of comedy in wrestling I'm not a fan of. because I, I think I judge comedy more harshly than I judge wrestling. Um, yeah. When and I think a lot of people are not funny when they think they are. And I think that sitting on a whoopee cushion verbally is not always like the <laughs> end all be all of jokes to me. But uh, yeah. I, I do think that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have realized the subtlety and artisticness that can be comedy in wrestling. Yeah, AJ Styles too. The the like the real trick of it is that those, they have to take themselves seriously. Right, you can't be looking into the camera the whole time and winking and giggling because you come off looking like an idiot. Where if you I take understand. yourself seriously, it's going to be funny.
1: I understand the need for it because there are you know kids that watch, so they got to kind of play to them. But I, I can only take so much before it's, it's
2: I have goofy. to. Yeah.
1: Fuck
2: out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'll be honest with you. No, I personally it, it, am not a know, fan
2: of Riddle's comedy. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no? No. no. But, but that also has to do with, with. I'm not a fan of stoner comedies. Like, I really liked Half Baked, but outside of that, I'm not a big fan of Cheech and Chong. I'm, I didn't like White Castle. I don't. I'm not a fan of just. It's funny that I'm stupid. This Homer Simpson stoner concept uh, doesn't this land she's... for me.
1: Right. he's very oh yeah, yeah like
0: slow yeah very holy spicoli,
2: spicoli in fast times does not interest me as a character i've never thought he was funny like i don't think being a dumb stoner to me is funny um but i do think that the way orton responds to riddle is funny like they make the, the team work to where you want to see it because you want to see how, because i want to see how orton's going to react right uh sammy's reactions to riddle is funny but i don't find riddle when he's talking to be funny you know what i mean
0: right and i think um to your point six crow uh the subtle the subtlety like Mm. in the the comedy yeah and other other wrestlers like it's just coming off as you're trying too hard you're coming off corny yeah, mm-hmm. but what Sami zane and uh and um kevin owens is so subtle it's just mm-hmm. so subtle that and what you said marsh you know they take it seriously like like right now i can just be like um yeah like he's a he's a liar like yeah. elias is a liar like, yeah, and, that, and, like and, whole... stick to it like don't 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 break away and be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that... like, No, like really, like stay to it. Like I am really pissed the hell off because y'all are all liars. I know y'all liars because that is a, that is that's thats is what is funny. Yes, yeah. that's comedy. That should not, not work. Trying so hard, yeah, not trying so yeah. hard. Yeah. That's what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens got.
2: You're right. The other one I think does it perfectly is AJ Styles. He's a character that takes himself so seriously that when weird things happen around him, it's hysterical because his character doesn't know how to handle it because his character is serious and it's just, it works out so funny. Uh, but yeah, I loved all of that. Sammy Zane's incredible. I want to get your guys' take on Ronda Rousey. A lot of people are not feeling this run of Ronda. A lot of people are very critical of her abilities talking on the mic. I'm going to say what I think, and I don't know what you guys think, for me, what works about it is that she sounds like somebody talking to an audience. She doesn't come off as a as someone pretending to be a mean wrestler, and she doesn't have that classic wrestler cadence. She doesn't yell into the microphone because I'm an angry wrestler and that's what wrestlers do. Uh, even Sami Zayn said in an interview with Chris uh, or with uh, Ryan Satin that. When he first showed up in NXT that Dusty Rhodes had told him the days of the screaming wrestler are over. That it's a lot about subtlety now. You know, like yeah. it's about being real now. Um it's not She's the eighties where you just yelled and pointed, you know. Yeah. That's the feeling I get from Rhonda. She comes off authentic. She comes off as somebody yeah. who's in front of a crowd and talking to them, and some for some reason people aren't taken to it. Are you guys ones not taken to it? We'll start with Six Girl and then go shakes.
1: I uh love it. I think it sounds authentic, sounds real, doesn't sound uh, rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Just sounds like she's, you know, just talking. She's a fighter, you know, mm-hmm. a fighter first. Yeah, Shakes, what do you okay. think of it? Yeah.
0: All right, well, as far as her might skills, right, I'll speak that first because that's what you're asking about. Mm-hmm. And her might skills. I, I do like it. I do like it. I think she has improved in the mic. I think that the way she's approaching the mic is is great. I personally like this Ronda Rousey coming back and not, even, not the first thing. And she didn't do bad the first thing. Mm. But in this thing she just seems like she is more involved with the company. The first time it was like, oh, I'm a superstar coming into this company. So, you know, bring out the red carpet. This time, I just see she's like one of the girls in the Mm -hmm. back, in the locker room. You know, um, when she takes the bumps and the bruises compared to before, she will bounce back up and it's like it didn't even affect her. Mm this time it's more acting it's more acting involved she's actually oh my gosh my arm is hurt and i'm like wow i am very impressed by what is she bringing in the ring Mm -hmm. performance wise and also on the mic
2: i thought she did amazing with this match she had with raquel rodriguez I thought she was selling her ass off, made Rodriguez look like a real threat, but also made it look like Ronda was just hurting from her last match. Oh man, you know what I mean? that
0: was a beautiful match, man. That was yeah. a, a great match. outs out to Rodriguez. I, I didn't yeah. even like her before that match, but she impressed me.
1: Mm. Here's my feeling on her: was that Sorry. I, I think she's gonna turn heel, and be uh, the muscle for maybe returning Bailey, mm-hmm. and. Bailey and, uh, Ronda Rousey probably have a, a good program. War, huh? Yeah. Um, with uh, Rodriguez being, you know, the muscle for her. I can see that. Be
2: interesting. I initially
1: thought pres- that we were going to get frequency. Bailey coming
2: back with somebody to face off with Sasha and Naomi. That I thought that we'd get a Bailey back that upset that fast. Sasha turned her back, awesome. uh, and joined a tag team with someone other than her, and so have that scorned Bailey thing, and then Raquel would be perfect for that. Now that you mention it,
1: yeah. yeah, that's my far-out prediction. Hey, could... what about
0: Bailey gave Charlotte a call, and then we uh, get the four
2: horsewoman <laughs> <I don't laughs> want anything to do with Max. Bailey and Charlotte. Although <laughs> Bailey's the one who consistently beats Charlotte, which I like that a lot. Uh, real quick to hit the chat, Sportsbeard said, Edge just tweeted out a picture of Ciampa. Does that mean he's in the gang? It definitely means that that, that Edge is looking at Ciampa, and I do think Ciampa would fit would in a member of the Judgment awesome.
0: Day. That would be awesome.
2: Yeah, I could be sick. That could be really good.
1: Uh, let's see. Um... Did, you, did you get the uh, Undertaker ministry vibe from Edge and Judgment Day? Uh, Not really, ministry, kind of ministries. I I I mean, he even wore like the purple tights, and uh, they just yeah, it's like
0: that cult following type of thing. But to me, it's like um, they doing like a Lucifer type of thing with them.
2: Yeah,
0: it's like um, Illuminati type of thing.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I'm just still not really feeling. I'm not buying into edge in this at all. Like I buy into Damien and Rhea. The mm-hmm. edge comes off like someone acting like just because it's such a departure in what we know. And in his, um, in his return, even like, I mean, like sports, says throwback back to the brood. Yeah, it is. It is. But also edge went away from the brood pretty fast and never looked back for a very long time. And to be all like, Oh, it's always been a part of him. Not really. It really wasn't right. until he came back and used it as a nostalgic thing, like right. it just was such. It just wasn't who he was, and I don't know this. This feels. I don't know. It just feels like an actor showing up and doing something. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not trying to dig on Edge. I think Edge is incredible. I think that the reason it's working is because I think he's got a lot of good faith from the fan base who says, "Sure, Edge, whatever you want to do, you're gonna do it to the. You're gonna do it great." And he does a great job with it. But it and they the got like great, doesn't make sense. They
1: got great opponents right now too, you know. Yes. The uh yeah. the Bulldogs Club.
2: <laughs> well, we're gonna get there. We're still on SmackDown. So before we get to yeah. all that, what'd you think of the Madcap Moss taking that chair around the neck wow. and uh, Baron Corbin whacking him off there with the uh, with the Andre the Giant trophy?
0: <laughs> Who are you going to, me?
2: Yeah, let's go, Shakes. It was brutal looking, wasn't it? I don't
0: think I'm going to be liked so much on this show anymore. Right? Because I really? loved every minute of it. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. It may have been gruesome. It may have been harsh. But I'm like, that's what a hill does. Yeah. That's what a hill does. Take him right. out. How can you tell jokes now? Joe joke, joke, joke.
2: Dude, that <laughs> chair folded up around him. And when I first saw it, I was like, holy shit. Like, it was brutal. But then I also thought, well, we just saw this dude bounce off his neck one time. We know his neck's made out of tractor tires, so it will yeah. probably be okay in real life. But that looked fucking good, dude.
0: It looked... Oh, man. The trophy? onto the chair? Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Six growers, think? Scroll, what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw yeah, that. <sighs> that was brutal yeah yeah
2: bad uh-huh. man Baron and I like Corbin saying uh good luck to them at the hospital." Eh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah now that
1: was hilarious
2: he like stops them and everything so he can make his pun joke I was like okay okay it did make
1: uh, it did make Baron a badass again though yes
2: uh,
0: it, it it
2: yes it really did it did Uh, Natalya and Shayna versus Boston Glow here's one of the things I was thinking about when all those first reports were coming out saying that they weren't respected as tag champions my first thought was we just saw you in an incredible match in defense on Smackdown we've been seeing you guys out there every week supporting these tag titles like I don't understand as more and more the reports came out and it was more about what was to come and not what has been that's when it all kind of fell to place of like okay I see I see the argument now in a much different light you know what I mean Uh, but this match in and of itself I thought was incredible yeah, I was glued. What'd you guys think?
1: I could see uh, both queens as tag champions: Queen of Hearts, yeah. Queen of Spades. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, the way they were totally working Naomi's shoulder. Yeah, that was great. What'd you think, Shakes?
0: No, um, I I agree with Six Crow, and I was actually trying to think of. A name for them, right? Because that, I I like that mantra, like yeah. um, Queen of Spades, you know Queen of Hearts, you know that that's that's cool. So I don't know yeah. what you know. What do you call them? The deck of cards? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> right. but you know, I was trying to think of something, but you know, I like that I like that tag team because you know, uh, they both are submissive. Submission, yeah. Um, Masters, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, to get to submission matches or uh, ma- masters and what they do, mm-hmm. like it just fits. It fits um, everything, and then, um, yeah. like I said last week, um, they both have a connection with Ronda Rousey, which yeah. they should make a whole fucking uh, team there. But yep. yeah,
2: yep, I agree. Justin Time coming through the chat. Cheers to Justin. And we got King Jaguar Spy. So much love from a random French internet stranger. Cheers, King Jaguar. What are you drinking? Cheers. What are you having? Um, yeah, I agree with all that. Drew Gulak getting the absolute soul slapped <laughs> out of him by Gunther was pretty sick. Um, Kingston and Butch. This match was very good. But I'm also like, here's my, here's my qualm with it all. I don't understand how this rivalry just keeps going. I feel like, I feel like there's not much story here, but they keep having matches and in turn, the matches are great. They've never had a bad match with any iteration of new day with them. I mean, apart from that horrible injury, the match itself wasn't a bad match. It was a terrible spot. Right? So I think the chemistry is there. I just don't understand why it just keeps happening in all these different iterations. Uh, but I, this was another I great think, match. I'm ready yeah. to kind of move on, though. What do you think, Six brothers
1: I, I think they're uh, they're waiting for Big E to come back, and he got delayed, I guess. A couple weeks ago, they said it wasn't uh, healing properly. So I think now they're just trying to find a way to get out of it. Mm. What
2: do you think, Shakes? I
0: uh, kind of agree with... um. Six Pro kind of stole my thunder a little bit there because um I think that's what it is they want to have this uh this three man war this six man war really uh three on three and um Big E's injury kind of delayed that now here's the thing that's fine that's fine you know you can't call an injury you know mm-hmm. but. You did what you did with it right for now. Now, put a cap on it for now. Yeah. Until Big E can come back, and then you can make it a big war because now you already have, like, they have bad blood. They had bad blood from months ago. Now Big E's back, and now they can have a war, right? Exactly. I think that, yeah, but I think they did. They dragging it, and I think it's the wrong thing.
2: Want well, both these guys and programs that I can at least seek my teeth into because they're all good. Everyone in this and these matches like I said are awesome but yeah. at a certain point we gotta gotta go I can only take direction.
1: so many small packages and roll ups. All right. Backwoods. <laughs> Backwoods. Hell yeah.
2: Uh, Sportsbeard says that he's sad that Naomi and Sasha won't be tag champs anymore. Um, really sucks because he loved that program. I'm also not convinced that they're not i just think that we're in a standstill and we got to figure out what's happening and um i think that we might see them come back i i don't i think that i i saw one rumor that i think was uh as much as i don't buy into anything melcher says most of the time i do think this is such high profile that i don't think they're going to be leaking bad information um the rumor is that uh, uh WWE doesn't want to suspend Naomi or Sasha and wants them back on the program as soon as possible. So I do think that both parties likely want to make this work, but I do think they'll both parties down. have something to stand down. down. Talk
1: it out.
0: Yeah, they'll sit down and talk it out.
1: Yeah, and um, it would be very disrespectful if they put the belt on somebody else.
2: It would be crazy, dude. Can you imagine the backlash that it would get if all of a sudden you just had like one match for just throw yeah. it back on like Carmella and Zelina? People would be fucking pissed, dude. Not that there's anything wrong with Zelina and Carmella. But I'm saying, like, if you just suddenly strap those on someone else, people will be like, the fuck? Um, Justin Times is so concerned that this New Day feud with Sheamus and Friends is going to go as long as the Rollins-Mysterio feud did. That would be insane. Yeah, but also it's another one where it's like, when you have so many good matches, it's hard to say, like, I don't want to see another one of those matches, but you just want to care more. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where I'm at with the New Day and Fight Night. These matches are great. But I don't know why anymore. You know what I mean? (laughs) But
0: Hey, I just came up with it.
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) What have we called them? Queens.
2: Oh, yeah, Six Crow the... Yeah, Queens. You could even do, like, Queens of Submission, Submission Queens. You could do Queens of Combat. You could do all sorts of stuff with it. You know? problem with Queens of Combat is I believe in North Carolina there is a uh, small women's wrestling promotion called Queens of Combat, so you'd have an issue there, but... You can do something along those lines. Uh Uh, The face-off at the end of the show with the bloodline and RK-Bro. Really, I just want to get your guys' take. uh, Apart from all the backstage stuff with Sami Zayn, which was just fucking golden and amazing. and made this whole show feel so easy to watch. Uh, Riddle hits Roman with the knee. What do you guys think about that?
1: I think uh, that's going to be some foreshadowing where uh, Roman's going to probably hit him back during the uh, unification match
2: Mm -hmm. what do you think shakes
0: I'm sorry I didn't catch that what was the question
2: what do you think about riddle take uh, giving a knee to Roman
0: oh man now you know I couldn't stand that man I was mad <laughs> I was mad, <laughs> Man, Like, oh, you just going? Oh, you just sneaky one, huh? Um, but uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, I think that's like um one of those warning shots. Not mm-hmm. as far as um Riddle. I mean, it it could be taken as that too. You know, from War- Riddle to Roman, but it's more um from WWE to the to the fans, right? It's like a warning shot. Get ready and gear yeah. up because riddle is going to be in the heavyweight contendership match so he'll be in that picture soon so uh giving that little warning shot that little knee is just a uh little umph to give in a maybe a possible war later on That's what I see. but yeah i couldn't stand that. i ain't like it. And Riddle. you gonna get yours for that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yep. Uh I mean it was like I said during the the six man tag, it looks like Roman's poised to go up against anyone in there. Riddle, Orton, Drew. It seems like we got a we got something there. So yeah. I don't know. I wasn't I didn't suspect it was gonna end that way. I thought Roman did an amazing job selling it, the way he was kinda like jarred and holding his jaw right. snaps it yeah, Heyman, get, pick up my titles, like he was fucking good. Yeah, well. Uh Anything else on SmackDown for you guys ready to go on to Raw?
0: Not that I can remember.
2: Raw opened up with the Steel Cage match. Almost at Lashley, Shakes, you and I called it both last week here on episode one. We said, those are a couple big boys. One of those walls is coming out, isn't it? And
0: it did. The cage is coming down.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we said it. Yeah. And it did.
2: Yeah. As soon as he threw him towards it, I was like, here it goes. And it did. It was, was
0: awesome. It. I thought it was going to happen earlier because um, I think uh, Omar's had a uh, spirit head him to the cage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was going to happen that time. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, he just bounced off it. And I was like, okay, now. And uh, hopefully
1: <laughs> i will be the last time that they do that. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be funny. for at least for a while. Third time
2: in two years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What'd you think about Cedric and MVP uh, interfering so much?
0: Oh, all right. So, listen, right? I, y'all know by now, I've been saying this, this third show. I love the stables. I love the, Mm -hmm. the groups, the clicks, right? And, I was a big hurt business fan yeah they were like great. brothers that were serious in suits mm-hmm. that kicked ass
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean that was awesome for me and then <laughs> to have a war in a in a battle with the new day i was like oh that this is awesome this this works but then yeah. they lost the titles to the new day and i was like so brothers in business suits gonna lose to brothers with unicorns hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't like that right but i bring that up because i like what they doing with shelton benjamin like they not wasting them and they're putting him in this, uh, storyline, which he oh, you should. Mean Cedric? I mean, Cedric, excuse me, my bad. I'm thinking about something, Benjamin, but yes, Cedric Alexander. And, um, they put him in this storyline, which he should be in. This should be something that he helps old mods. This should be, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the hurt business, uh, 2.0, right? Lashley I ain't want no part of that, that, that and that's fine. But Omos could definitely use that. He can definitely use that. So, I like it. I like the fact that they put in um, uh, ben, uh, I keep calling him Benjamin <laughs> Alexander into the uh, mix. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Benjamin actually just said the other day that he's injured and that's why he's out right now. But so hopefully, and I'm pretty sure he and...
0: would be in that mix too if yeah. he wasn't injured.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, but otherwise, I liked it. A lot of people were tired. I, I, here's the thing. is I know a lot of people have been tired of the almost Bobby Lashley thing. I haven't been. I've been really enjoying it. I think it's making them both look pretty good. However, at the end of this show, they announced that there was going to be some other challenge that Lashley has. The almighty challenge for almost. Yeah. And that one, I said, that's too much. We've gone too far. Like we did, We're done. <laughs> the cage was it. Like Let's, let's all move on. But this like weird what? almighty challenge after the fact, I'm not on board for.
0: Like, like what you mean with the almighty challenge?
2: That's all they said. They said it's the almighty yeah. challenge, and we're going to find out next week what that means. Bobby Lashley has a challenge for a rival. almost. But he won.
0: Okay. What was the first almighty challenge? It was a already an almighty challenge?
2: No, there wasn't. They had this match, and then at the end of the show, they said Bobby Lashley has an almighty challenge for almost next week. We'll find out what that means. It's very it's vague. <laughs> it's
0: yeah, yeah they're doing, they're doing too much.
2: Yeah, I'm ready for that one to move on. I've liked it more than most. A lot of people I've seen complain about it, and I've been defending it left and right. And at this point, this one, I went, okay, that's too much. I thought this was going to be the right way to cap it off and be like, we're just done for now. We're going to go separate ways. We'll revisit this later. And then it just it wasn't. It's not done. I just don't. I don't get it. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about the Ali Miz stuff? I've seen people speculate this is all punishment for Ali, but I don't know how I feel about that. Veer Mahan coming in, beating the shit out of him. Uh, Mysterio coming in and jumping him. Austin Theory coming in, taking a selfie of him. What do you think if it all shakes?
0: I don't. I'm. So, um, I know my crow. I'm. A, I ain't gonna be too long. I got
2: you. All right. Yeah.
0: But I don't think it's punishment. I, like, if it was punishment, they would keep him off the camera, like they have been doing. They'll keep him off the tube. I mean, we ain't seen Ali in months, hmm. weeks, months. And now he, he's popping up and he has a storyline. To me, that's a push.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he's gonna have a really good match with uh, Austin Theory. I, think, uh, I, take I don't think title. He's, I don't think he'll get the title, but I think they'll have a great match. They might put it on, oh, man. They might I
2: think he might win the title. I really do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think there's a good shot for it, but at the same time, I would see either side of it because they clearly have big thoughts for uh, for Theory. Theory, big plans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Miz is one of those ones who I think tries too hard. And so I think it comes across as corny a lot. Uh, like we were talking about earlier. I'm happy to see the Mysterios back. Uh, this just kind of felt like a mess of a segment, though. Felt like they had a lot in a little, you know what I mean? You had Theory and Ali. You had Miz come out. Then you had Beer come out. And then you had the Mysterios come out. And I just felt like yeah, they're cramming a line in here, you know?
0: Uh, you know, real quick about the Miz, man. That's, that's, yeah. That's... Um interesting and funny to me right is that you say that about him on the mic and do too much and yeah he does at, at a lot of times right but it gets to a point where like even when he's serious and mad you really can't even take him serious for mm-hmm. example right when when he had that um battle with Daniel Bryant mm-hmm and they had that thing on, smack in, on and on talking smack, mm-hmm. that was real. Yeah. But at the same time, like as you watching, I don't know about you, but for me, I was like, "Is this still the storyline? I'm still eating popcorn like, oh, this is <laughs> <just> feel like, <laughs> right?" So I, yeah. I I didn't know yeah. if it was real or fake still, right? But he was yeah. really upset, like he was really upset, and to me. That was the best Miz I ever seen.
1: Yeah, but.
2: yeah, yeah. And I think he tries too hard to be funny too often that when he even does serious stuff, you just kind of go okay. Like yeah. yeah, but exactly. Yeah, that was notable at the time. Uh, Becky Lynch backstage with Adam Pierce. Becky Lynch is just incredible. Like it's not a surprise that if if the if it played out the way they said, and 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 Naomi and Sasha walked out, it w- wouldn't be a surprise that Becky would be the one that they would call on to to help fix that situation. You know, uh, at least on TV storyline wise, right? Um, Who was
0: she tagged with
2: though? She didn't tag with anybody. She was just there to talk to Adam Pierce about how the match shouldn't happen, about how she saw Sasha and Naomi walk out, and like, hey, look, we can't even do it. And then Adam Pierce was like, "Uh, fuck it, we'll make it a one on one, you and Oscar." You know. Oh.
0: I thought you meant like, um, if things don't work out with Sasha and Naomi to put her in that mix uh, and uh, that's why I was like, Oh, well, who is she tagged with? But go ahead. Bailey. I get what you're saying. <laughs> <But Bailey>. Uh, <laughs> no, I meant like
2: in the moment of like, how are we going to move this yeah. to a point where like, you know, and Becky's just such top tier that she can, I saw a lot of people criticize both Seth and Becky, uh, for Seth's or for Becky's involvement here, uh, I mean, but I also don't understand what people think. Like, do you think that the entire locker room is going to walk out in the middle of a live show? You know what I mean? It's just kind no. of weird. You let people do what they're going to do, you know? So, yeah. I don't have an issue with any, anybody keeping the show going, you know? Um, Riddle and Jimmy Uso. Dude, what a great tease this match was. Because, like, you had one half of RK Bro against one half of the Usos. You had one of the Usos messing around outside. And at the end of it, it's like, yeah, don't forget there's a tag match on Friday to unify those tag titles, and this whole match played out so incredibly that you're like, "Well, if that was only half of it, what's the full match gonna look like?" Like, I thought this was done yeah. perfectly. They even had a little video package in the back of them talking a little shit too, and I All was right. like, "Oh, this is an amazing way to tease." You gotta watch SmackDown. You know? Do you think
1: Do you think they're gonna pull the trigger and actually unify belts,
2: or, yes. or do you think
1: to be a smaz and blow it off to Hell in a show.
2: Oh, do I think it's going to happen on SmackDown or Hell in a Cell? That's a good question. Yeah.
1: Because
2: I do think it's going to happen one way or the other. You would think it would happen in Hell in a Cell. But I don't know. In the, in the, in I the guess cell? Roman would have to be involved, right, to get to get it to the cell? Roman would have to stop yeah. it from happening, and then you'd have to have Adam Pierce come out and be like, oh, no, good.
0: Right, right.
2: I could see but, that. I do think they're going to unify. Do you think that they unify it with RK-Bro? I think... Or do you think they put it on... Put both of them on Usos? They got to put
0: it on Usos. I, I, I think the Usos, first. yeah. It's a good thing Beard's not here today. It's
2: a good thing Beard's not here today. He'd all all just start power. yelling. He'd have been yelling his, his head off right now if he heard that from two people.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, if, if, all, if
1: anyone... If anyone should be the first... They, they should be there.
2: Yeah. I could see that. Hmm. Yeah, But I could also see them trying to, to create a little bit of a divide and a little bit of a weakness to the bloodline just to create a little bit of interest, you know?
1: They could do that during the summer, though.
2: You could. Yeah, you got time. You got yeah. time. Uh, I
0: gotta
1: have some dominance right now, though.
2: Yeah. Shakes, do you think that they unify it on SmackDown, or do you think it moves on
1: to Hell in a Cell? I think it gets moved on to Hell in a Cell. What do you think, Chicks? Um,
0: I think it happens this uh, on SmackDown. And oh. The only reason why is because I think Hell in a Cell is so packed. They have a lot of matches and a lot of good matches going on. What
2: have right. they got so far? They've got two matches booked so far. But
0: so matches there's a
2: lot of <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> possibilities to go with. What I will so say is very possible. Is crazy. I know maybe and maybe Shakes can test to this one. What if they unify it on SmackDown by putting them on an RK Bro and Roman gets super pissed and says, You better get those back at Hell in a Cell and then you have the rematch in Hell in a Cell to move the unified titles to the Usos or keep them on, on RK Bro double down. I could see that happening for sure. Why would sure. Put it on
0: that... RK Bro, though? Why would you put him on him in the first place?
2: Because Roman's gonna be the one who has the pull to get it in Hell in a Cell if his guys lost. Where if the Usos won, then you'd have RK Bro trying to appeal to the Usos to give them a match at Hell in a Cell. Why would right. they? You know. Yeah. Where the bloodline can demand a match.
0: That's why yeah. I don't think it's gonna be on the card, man. It's gonna be too much matches, man. Too many impact matches. Right, two. Be. Got two could of them be. so far. <laughs> uh,
2: what do you think about uh, uh, the Judgment Day and the new the new Bullet Club, as it were? You got Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan joining Liv forces.
0: Morgan, it's great. I
2: love it. That's pretty damn cool. I did and hear... Liv Morgan looks so excited it's crazy. Liv Morgan's oh, an actual yeah. crazy person and I love it.
0: I don't like um the backstage interaction that they had right when they when they came to her they like, "Yeah, you know, we got to watch each other's back." Okay. Yeah. That I like that part. But when she answers, she's like, "Well, I don't know." I'm like, "What do you mean you don't know?" <laughs> you got AJ Styles and Finn Balor coming to you and saying, yeah, join up with us and let's go and, and, and get our, at our enemies. And you're like, oh, I don't know.
2: I did think they played a little weird. There was a point there where it looked like Liv was almost playing it like a shy high schooler being flirted with. And I was all like, that's a little weird. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, how different is that from a perceived rookie... Around to perceived long-term veterans from all over the world, you know, like Lives only wrestled in WWE, so it could also be a shyness of, I don't know if I'm anywhere near your guys's caliber. I don't know if I belong here, right? Yeah, worthy. Uh, yeah, worthy. Right. Uh, yeah. Not worthy. right. Uh, but did you guys
1: hear that Edge wanted Harland on his uh, little squad?
2: Uh, I see he a headline his... somewhere about it, but where did you where did you read that?
1: Uh, Twitter, Okay, <laughs> wrestling
2: news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did Harlan but, say uh, it or Edge? Uh, Edge. Edge said Edge. it. Yeah, he uh,
1: asked. He asked for it.
2: That'd been cool, dude. Harlan's a beast, but yeah, we'll see what he's up to next. Uh. What do you think you would call this new version of the club? We've already had the OC original club, the club when it was first, uh, in its W oh. iteration, and then you've had the oh, baller club. I got from, uh,
1: club. So like Bull bullet club, uh, B U L L I Z club. So the will take half Yeah.
2: That's funny.
0: That's funny. When you say it's half a what? Half bullet,
2: it's half live. Bullet, half live. Yeah. Bull live club. <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> All right. I'll work oh, on graphics tonight.
0: <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. That's better than anything I got. So unless you got something better shakes.
0: Um, no, I just got the bullet club. All
2: right. All right. <laughs> uh Uh Alexa Bliss has new music yet again. This time, it's much more punk rocky. She's been posting some of the lyrics on there. Seems pretty cool. Uh, and she had a match here with Sonya Deville. Shakes, what do you think of this match, Alexa and Sonya?
0: Uninteresting. Uninteresting. But um, did notice the new music, and it's like more, you know, happy, friendly. It's
2: like pop punk.
0: punk. Yeah, this is. Well, I almost wondered if she got bowling friendly. for soup to make it. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, you know, you can kind of see it like, um, you know, point to the crowd. And,
2: hey. yeah. 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 Uh, you know me, that, did you that watch the match or did, well you, did you not really right? watch the match?
0: Yeah, I was into it, but wasn't into it. <laughs>
2: gotcha. My thought, I was trying to figure out and tell me if you guys saw the same thing. It looked crazy stiff. Like, it looked like Sonya was really yanking around Alexa harshly, trying to look good. And it looked like Alexa was incredibly uncomfortable this whole time. And it was hard to tell if it was just, yeah, if it was like a really good way of playing it or if it was just really, because at the end of it, Alexa walked over to her corner, yanked Lily off that podium and like walked off. Like she was nowhere near any of the second it was over. She just was like out. And it, it looked, looked a lot like, to it me was like,
1: the first time they ever wrestled together. Yes.
2: And it looked way harsher than it probably needed to be is what it looked yeah. like to me.
1: I don't think any of those
0: wrestlers, would they liked
1: Sonya different. <laughs> I think about probably by that time, <laughs> that time in the show, all the news about Sasha and Naomi circulating. Mm-hmm. And their heads probably weren't really in the game. Yeah. If I yeah. had to give them an excuse, I just I've
2: seen some criticisms where they talk about how back in the day the idea was to make it look as painful as possible without it being painful at all, and nowadays the game is more like uh, make it look painful and have it be painful, or almost like make it look like it's not as painful as it actually is, and it's backwards, mm-hmm. right? Where this look like. Right really uncomfortable. I don't know. It was tough. It was a little tough to watch on that one and it made me wonder what we're going to see next from both of them because, oh, it did not look cooperative. It looked like a lot of... Interesting. Eh, that's, a, that's it's it.
1: Alexa's only, what, second or third max?
2: Yeah. Coming back, she didn't yeah. look like the one who was being un, unreasonably rough. Like, it looked like Sonya was punching her and that Alexa was like, the fuck? And so much so that it looked like Alexis slapped her and was like fucking calm down. Uh, like there was a certain part of it, it felt like it was falling apart to me where Sonya's like no I have to make this look good but I'm gonna do it by actually beating you up. Like just not the idea I suppose. But what do I know? I don't know. And if that's what it looked like but it wasn't that at all then they did great. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like realistically oh, yeah. if that oh, yeah. was my impression of it but that wasn't the case of it then you guys did it perfectly. That was amazing. Like right, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, right on it. Uh, all right. So let's let's go on Cody Rhodes promo where he challenges Seth Rollins to hell in a cell. I'm loving this iteration of Cody. I just finished Broken Skull Sessions, and I feel like it's a must watch for people. Like, I still get chills when I hear him really start breaking down a lot of the stuff about Mania and all of it that that it was like. It was cool because I was telling Sportsbeard why I couldn't quite put my finger on, without just being generically petty of why I enjoy Cody in WWE so much more than I was enjoying him in AEW, uh, without being just petty petty and being like, well, because I like WWE more, which is probably partly part of it. um, But I feel like that he's being presented in a way that he wasn't being presented in AEW. Yes, he's got the same entrance. Yes, he has the same music. Yes, he dresses the same. But his story is something you can kind of latch into and something that feels more, uh, I I mean, it feels genuine and authentic to a degree. It still feels like a wrestling story, but it feels something like what you always wished it kind of was. And I think part of the disconnect with with Cody in AEW was the story was never quite what you thought it was supposed to be. Everything he said and did, you're going, now why are you doing that? Why are you saying it that way? You know what I mean? Like, It was always off the beaten path in some weird way. Well, this Uh, is a
1: great redemption story. Feels like. Yeah. Like, the first half of his career, you know, he got fucked over. Yeah. Now he can finally redeem himself, you know, do it for his dad. Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
1: it's it's a great built-in story.
2: Yeah. Shakes, what do you think about this version of Cody versus AEW version?
0: Uh, I kind of attest this to the AEW version yeah like I think we got this version of Cody because of the AEW
1: yes.
2: for sure
0: um, yeah and um, it's, it's because he found himself he found exactly his character and some you know sometimes it takes longer for others mm-hmm. to really find that narrative and find their niche it didn't I mean it took a while for Roman Reigns right yep. so yeah. um I think you know now he's finally found it he found that his character and the way they're using it and and with the storyline of the redemption as you said um it just all makes it like it's right it is yeah. It's all fits. like this is how it's supposed to be like he like in his song is you know wrestling has more than one royal family, right like yeah. you he he is a prince in this, and he mm-hmm. should be treated as such, so yeah, I think yeah. um we get in this Cody because of the aew Cody, yeah,
1: I agree with him
2: yeah. it's just cool, man. he's doing awesome. did uh, you like
1: see. the uh the the countdown? the countdown clock was wild
2: dude (laughs) (laughs) fucking two hour countdown clock top of the 10 o'clock hour you're gonna see Cody like uh, they've never done anything like that before where it's all like hey just so you know this is exactly the time this person's gonna do the promo where you can sometimes guess when they say like like, hey Becky Lynch is gonna address the crowd yeah, yeah exactly um but you can like sometimes guess where it's like becky lynch will address the crowd tonight and you go okay it's gonna be on the top of the top of the hour somewhere because that's where they like to put their top stars right but for them to say two hours in (laughs) on the top of this hour you're going to have a cody Rhodes segment they're really saying like hey if you decide you're going to tune out here's the time to come back like that's (laughs) great kevin (laughs) owen's
1: sipping about it too
2: yeah kevin owen's talking (laughs) shit about it online it was so funny Um, Speaking of Kevin Owens, though, we did have Kevin Owens backstage talking about Otis's uh, barbecue sauce issues on the DNA test. Chad Gable said he's going to fight Ezekiel. uh, And ultimately, Kevin Owens does come out to sit on commentary during the Chad Gable-Ezekiel match. This whole thing, top to bottom, was just so good. I loved the seriousness of Kevin Owens. I loved uh, how every time they would say something, he's like, well, he's a liar. It's like, oh, I guess he's a liar, too. Then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just incredible what did you guys think of Ezekiel versus Chad Gable and and Kevin Owens on commentary we'll start with Six Crow and then go Shakes
1: it was fun from top to bottom Um, I thought Kevin Owens on commentary was the icing on the cake Uh, even Otis standing next to him uh, going you know come on coach Uh, cheering him on I thought that was great uh I was even surprised that, uh, Ezekiel went over and, uh, and beat Gable.
0: Yeah, cause, um, I, I think that Gable should have won this match, right? Cause, you know, yeah, you know, um, first of all, I love Gable, man, and the way he brings, you <laughs> know, to me, it's, it's like, um, and maybe y'all can disagree, you know. I, I don't care. But to me, <laughs> he's kind of like a, a younger version of Kurt Angle. hmm Right? Like,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, and a little, little
1: smaller, a little yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Smaller frame, but a lot of similarities to Kurt Angle, especially in um, younger WWE Kurt Angle. Yeah. Right so um i love gable man gable's awesome man and um i think the match was good too uh gable always puts on an underrated match like you don't sit there and really say oh i want to i can't wait to see a gable match but when you see a gable match you're like i wasn't disappointed yeah
1: Yeah. I, i wasn't big on him until he got with Otis, and then I saw that he, like, I missed out.
0: I his feel like I missed out on so much. His personality came out, yeah. Yep. And his personality came out once he got with Otis. Though he wasn't like that before. He was really dull, but he really brought out his uh, his personality once he got with Otis and um, that that whole academy thing. Yeah. It just was like, hey, you know what? Go ahead, be creative, and they they let him go, and he he took it and ran with it, man.
2: Yeah. Absolutely cuz every yeah. time we'd see his match out like you said never excited to see a Chad Gable match, you know, just being honest, but every time you saw it you go, "Oh my god, like he's so strong, he's so good, he's so fluid, he note know- like you were always blown away and impressed. But then you also forgot. And then every time the next one came out, like every now and again, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, this will probably be good. Chad Gable's pretty good." And then you watch it and you go, "No, he's like really fucking good." Like
1: Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan was the same way with when- yeah. He, he first started. I'm like, I had no interest. He didn't look like a star, but he was fantastic. And the more yeah. I saw him, the more he was, you know, like one of my favorites. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this personality of Chad Gable is amazing. So, 100%. This whole yeah. thing was great. I love Kevin Owens on commentary, um, talking shit about it all. I don't have a problem with Ezekiel winning because I think that second, it furthers the story some. Um, but. I could see where a win on Chad Gable could have been something. I think the, the thing is, is that Ezekiel's not the one chasing the match with Gable, which is why I think Ezekiel winning is why it works. Cause if Chad Gable was, if Chad Gable won, Ezekiel would be like, all right, fine. I didn't want to match. With him. You know what I mean? Like he, did, he has no reason for yeah. coming back where um, Ezekiel is essentially being hunted by Kevin Owens, Gable and Otis. So if he wins, they're going to keep trying to come after him because they want to beat him. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If there's the, the final match, it's going to be you know the CQ versus Kevin Owens. You Probably want be yeah. strong going
2: in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want it to be a thing. It's it's building towards something like that for sure. Um, just briefly, Lacey Evans got introduced. She came out, strutted around. She was talking. To, she cut a little uh, a little thing in the ring there where she was talking about the military, thanking for them service. Um. It was all well and good. I've seen... I understand the criticism where this is too much Lacey. Yeah. But if you can isolate this in a bubble and look at the way that Lacey's being presented on Raw differently than the way she was just presented on SmackDown, there was too much on SmackDown. It was five weeks of these videos on SmackDown. And if you can forget that and just think of how it's been on Raw, this has actually been perfect. You had one video segment where it broke down her whole story. You mm-hmm. had her come out this week and cut this. Next week, you put her in a match. And it is the perfect way to build that as opposed to five weeks of beating that story to death. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, I don't think the fans are going to be too receptive of her I agree. in about two or three weeks from now.
2: I think something's got to happen. Something's got to shift here. I agree. Yeah shake's thoughts yeah. on Lacey Evans see now if you were to <laughs> if you were to bubble the raw thing where you had the one video last week and this thing here would you think you probably wouldn't feel as tired of her because mm. I think it was the five weeks on smackdown of those videos that really got us tired of <laughs> her and I think if you were to isolate this in a bubble, that That's this is how it, it should have been from the beginning with.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's the dragging really on crazy. that made it gruesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah.
2: It's just a shame. It's a shame because they clearly figured out the exact perfect way to represent her, and it was literally five weeks too late. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like they should have just waited five weeks and done this this way now, and we've all been like, "Oh, this is cool, new Lacey." What did you guys think of Carmella and Dana and R-Truth back in the story together? I think Carmella's so good, and I loved seeing her talking to R-Truth again. She wants to take on Dana Brooke, which I have no problem with. Carmella's just so, so good that it's a little weird to see her in the 24-7 title picture again, but it made me laugh.
1: I'm not a big fan of the whole 24-7 segment, so... Yeah. I won't say nothing about
2: it. I don't
0: like I don't like, like this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like this thing of the
1: 24/7. Yeah. Like,
0: at first like, you know, um it was the hardcore title. Mm-hmm. So okay, make that the 24/7 hit somebody over there or somebody and take the title. That was cool. This is just like, okay, Let's put a title on a guest, just to just say that they was a champion.
1: Right. Or let's
0: just put a title on somebody, just to keep them relevant on and on TV. Mm-hmm. And for that, I I just don't like it. For but um, Carmella, uh, I think that they are struggling to keep a storyline with her. Mm-hmm. Like keep uh. And I like the um the the character they have, you know, where she's just, I'm just beautiful, and she wears the mask so they won't mess up her looks and all that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's great. But capitalize on it. You know, I don't think that they're capitalizing on it. Like, they can do so much more with this, you know? Yeah. And they just pigeonholing themselves, man. I think that's the... Same of the day. <laughs> Just pigeonholing yourself.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: I agree. I agree. And I think that Carmella is one of the absolute best and one of the most underrated women on the roster. So I think that she should be in a highlighted story more often. So I'm not sure what the 24-7 time is going to do. But but seeing her interact with our truth again was kind of a kinda nice callback. If we end up seeing a pretty oh, solid yeah, match between her they and Dana,
0: had the, uh, the fifteen-second dance-off—they used I to remember. have that—and
2: then when they were doing the twenty-four-seven <laughs> title thing, that's what was funny with our uh, truth going over. It's all like Carmella, jump on my back and help me get my baby back. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> you know. Uh No. But let's see. Main event we ended up Oscar versus Becky Lynch. We had Bianca on commentary I or she wasn't quite on commentary. She was sitting by commentary, right? I don't think she ended up saying much as far as it went, but no. I thought it was badass man. like I thought this was awesome. It was I mean for something that they threw together kind of last minute because of everything that was going on, Bianca looked great. Becky was talking her shit oscar looked great ultimately uh becky goes for the umbrella gets misted in the face sells the hell out of the mist and oscar wins so she's going to be facing bianca at hell in a cell i had like zero complaints about any of this i've been saying for a while i missed the mist i know a lot of people didn't i've seen back and forth i think when oscar has the green drippy paint and stuff that the mist feels like a part of that that's missing if i'm being honest yeah the other day, I saw the Oscar Funko Pop with the green on it, and I was like, "Oh, should I get that?" And I thought, man, she doesn't even do the mist anymore." And I didn't. At the same time, I already have a signed Oscar Pop here. Nice. So, so I don't need uh I don't need more Oscar Pops. But I liked it. I liked all of it. Uh, I love the way that Becky sells it. They even did that uh, thing in the back. She was screaming, crying for help. Yeah. I got such that a kick out of it. Funny. She goes, "I did everything right." So funny. <laughs> uh shakes what do you think about this main event and everybody involved
1: um
0: first off i think both of them are legitimate yes so it just legitimized everything about the uh woman's title for raw mm. that's that's number one then number two i like the miss too right because it gives um like um pays homage to a uh, great mood and guys like that right
1: yeah so mm-hmm.
0: um i i love that that stick with tradition i'm a traditional type of guy
1: mm.
0: so to have that i'm like it, it, it feels at home it makes me feel like oh i'm 16 again or Yeah, you know when i seen these other guys right um and then you know the explanation of why, you know what I mean? It it blinds you, it paralyzes you. You know what I mean? Like, I I just, you know, it's it's great. It's great.
2: And Becky was protecting the ref the whole time here. I love that because there's been so many times we've seen mist or, or sprays, shit in people's eyes and they just lay back and the referee has to look at them while counting. The way that (laughs) Becky, every time she takes the paint or the mist, she turns away from the ref she covers her body the way that Asuka pinned Becky by sitting on her head the referee couldn't have seen it until it was too late you know what I mean like right. mm-hmm. Becky's always protecting the ref well where's the ref you know what I mean like she's making sure the ref doesn't look like a total idiot because so many times these type of things happen the ref just looks like a fool
0: mm-hmm. right. and that's protecting the brain really yep. you know what I mean because it, it, it makes it like okay that's explainable Yep. Instead of somebody actually um, one two three and you looking in their eyes while they you know you like yeah, you don't see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Oh yeah. And even well, even wearing awkward. the dark. You know what I mean? Because sometimes they're all wearing like white, and then they get misted, and like their whole fucking shirt is black or green or whatever, and the referees mm-hmm. supposed to not all of a sudden see that they're covered in shit. Right. So yeah, yeah I just. Becky always protects the ref, and I always appreciate that. I think it's awesome because not She's everyone seems cons to consider
0: professional that. Man. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. The She's, only criticism I had about that match was the uh, just the predictable throw the uh, challenger into the champion. That's right. Ringside. But it didn't
2: work. And that's why I liked it, because it's (laughs) stereotypical, but it always works, right? You do that, they interfere, ta-da, every time. Bianca was bigger than that. She was willing to be the bigger woman and let it play out and not give in to what Becky was taunting her with, right? So I agreed that it was one of those spots that you knew was going to happen. And that's probably why they did it, because you knew it was going to happen, but let's not have it play out the way that it always happens. So I thought it was great that they used it the way they did.
0: Personal. Sort of like, um, when, uh, on that AEW show, when, um, uh, what's his name? The one that came out, he was with, um, Hit Row.
1: Swerve. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Struggling. I'm like, what's his name? But yeah, uh, when Swerve came out and it didn't even, uh, cause him to uh lose the match um yeah know, with ricky ATW. yeah
2: yeah and you're kind of like, like okay, I, well. yeah
0: because usually like those guys come down and then it's like oh it's the distraction and then they lose the match and whoop, you know what i mean yeah but this was like came down and it still didn't cause no effect and this was the same yeah. thing
2: yeah my only issue there was that hobbs didn't go flat and swerve hobbs was ringside like whatever and you're like dude dude's coming out to bother your boy. Go get him. Exactly. (laughs) Stop him. It was funny, because by the time Hobbs popped up at the end of the match, you're just kind of like, where the fuck were you two minutes ago? Where where were you? you? (laughs) (laughs) But like you said, it didn't cost him the match, so, you know, whatever. Uh, But yeah, I love this main event. I thought it was great. Uh, It's not what we were meant to get, but it definitely delivered. You know, I think that for a show that seemed to be a little bit uh, in shambles by the time it went live. uh, They pulled it together and and gave us something, something worth it. I think I, here's the other thing too. A lot of people, as we wrap up, a lot of people were talking about Naomi and Sasha and they, they hearkened back to, to Austin. Oh, they didn't talk this way about Austin, but they did. And, um, talking about austin knowing his worth and all that stuff the other thing that no one's bringing up is that steve austin has said countless times that he regrets having walked out in that in that instance that he thinks yes. he did the wrong thing that if he could go back and redo it he would he would not have walked out i'm not saying sasha and naomi should not have walked out i am saying it's a very complex situation and when we're trying to use examples Let's also make sure that we do reference those who lived through those things before and how they felt in hindsight. I wonder if down the line, if Sasha and Naomi may say, yeah, maybe I sh- we should have done something else. However, Stone Cold did say at the time that he didn't offer them a second solution. He just said, I'm not doing that. And they said, well, what do you want us to do? And he goes, not that. And he walked out. According to the stories we're seeing, Sasha and Naomi had like four or five meetings of offering other solutions and not being heard. So in that regard, it's not the same. I think it's also important to know they're standing up for what they believe in and not being listened to time and time again. And I do think that there is, like we said, a time to stand up for yourself and a time to uh, um, stand up for the things that you believe in and you're passionate about. And if there's thing we know, Sasha and Bailey both are incredibly passionate about those tag titles and want them to mean something. And I think they should mean something. And I think that they do mean something at the right times, right? Natty... Cried when she won those with Tamina, because it mm-hmm. meant that much.
1: Yeah,
2: you know Sasha and Bailey cried when they won them in the first place because it meant that much. We see those boyhood dreams come true, those women dreams come true, and they get choked up in these moments. And if you don't protect the division and the titles, those moments go away. And those are the moments that we're all here for and living for. We all remember the boyhood dream with Shawn Michaels, whether you like Shawn or not it felt like a moment right. in that time you know right if we don't protect those things you don't have Natty being able to live that dream And from her lineage she wanted the tag titles because it was uh, the title her dad held. Foley. Mick Foley
0: Mick Foley mhm
2: yeah so yeah Mrs. Foley's baby boy finally did it Right. right <laughs> right if you yes, don't protect Foley, those things it doesn't mean boy. anything you know like So in that regard, I'm not going to knock anyone for walking out for feeling that those titles deserve more prestige because I agree. Same time, I'm not paid millions of dollars to do certain things. So it's hard for me to say this is what should or should not be done. Realistically, none of us know what should or shouldn't be done because none of us are in the position that those people are in and only they know. Very much the same that I say we can't criticize people when they decide to sign or leave any company because only those people know what's best for them and their family and their business. All we can say is, ah, it's a shame. I don't get to see them on the show. I watch regularly, or I'm so excited to see them on the show. I watch regularly, but we can't make judgments on their decisions. And I think that that's the important thing we also need to make here is we can't judge harshly on the decision made by either people in this situation because we really don't understand what's going on in their heads, because we don't have to deal with what they have to deal with. We're not running a billion-dollar corporation. We're not Mm -hmm. women who have been grinding for 10 years to get some recognition and respect. I'm not saying anyone did anything wrong. I'm not saying anybody did anything right. It's playing out the way it's playing out between the people who know what's right and wrong. And I trust them to do what they feel is right on both sides, you know?
0: Yeah, just, you know, make sure that they come out with something that's right for all parties mm-hmm. once again. Yep. Not just for Sasha and Naomi. Not just for WWE. Yep. For WWE, Sasha Naomi, and the fans.
2: Yep. And the rest of the women in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like those Natty's dream was to hold a tag title. Because that's the title her dad held. But, but Sasha and Bailey made that happen. You know what I mean? And it's not a knock on Natty. It's just to say that Bailey was tweeting forever. What I want doesn't exist yet. Her biggest dreams don't exist yet. And we're getting to a point where she keeps tweeting it. And we're like, what the fuck does she want that's not out there? Because it was always easy to be like, oh, a women's rumble. Oh, women's tag titles. Like, it was always kind of something, right? Right. At this point, she's still saying it. And you're kind of like, god damn, she's got every dream in the world. And she's willing to fight for it. And willing to fight for it is what we need in the locker room. It's what they need to represent. Natty doesn't cry because she holds that title if Sasha and Bailey weren't knocking on Vince's door every day. So I'm not trying to discount anybody on this. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, well said. Situation. Yeah. Uh, Did you find it kind of, kind of weird that uh, Lotharious was on Raw?
2: What do you mean? Was Why it? was it weird that Lotharius was on Raw?
1: There was, they're a SmackDown team, aren't they?
0: I don't know, man. Oh, it's not before, a big man. deal. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not anymore. Weekend. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't have enough wrestlers, man. Yeah.
2: They
0: don't even care no more.
2: Yeah. There's a certain degree. As much as I don't want the brand split to stop, it should be a bigger deal when somebody's on the wrong brand. You know what okay. I mean? Like, you're right in that, like, hey, Viking Raiders show up on NXT. That's kind of wild. Los Tharios right. on Raw didn't even notice, but if Roman's on Raw, you notice. If Sam, like Kevin Owens, wearing a Sami Zayn Forever shirt on Raw, you notice.
1: Yeah,
2: and Lothario <laughs> should be on a higher on a higher platform that we notice that they're on the wrong show. So I apologize for that, but I think that having people on the different shows is cool because it feels fresh, but not if you don't notice. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. So that's what uh. I'm saying, man brand shit man they gotta get some
2: more talent they need some people Uh, but they're doing a lot down in NXT and tomorrow we're gonna talk about NXT and what's going on down there some AEW was there anything left of this week that either of you guys wanted to touch on that we did not
1: Uh, you excited about the Ric Flair match (laughs) (laughs) we're definitely gonna
2: talk about that tomorrow but (laughs) Shakes, what do you think about Ric Flair coming back for (laughs) one more match
0: man 72 right
2: uh, 73? Yep. Yeah.
0: I, do you know so- I, mm-hmm. I don't know how they doing it, man. I don't know how they're doing it. Well, Him, Sting. I don't
1: know how they're doing it, man. Now apparently it'll be a six-man tag match. Yes, So it's it gonna be, be
2: Flair and FTR against <laughs> Rock and Roll Express and somebody.
0: And I will say this. If y'all think That if this is going to be the last match of Ric Flair, that he's just going to give you some half-ass match. You think he's going to give you some half-ass match? No, he's going all out, man. This is Ric Flair we're talking about.
1: You think we're going to see some blood? Oh, for sure.
0: We're going to see some
2: blood. Six Girl, what do you think? You excited to see Ric Flair one more time?
1: Why not? It can't be any worse than Vince. Fuck it.
2: Uh, we'll yeah. dig into the Vince conversation tomorrow, but I will say this. When yeah. you watched Vince in that match, Vince didn't take any bumps because he knew. That yeah. match was all story right, and right. no match. Ric Flair's not known for all story, no match. <laughs> so I think that there's a Good. inherently massive difference between Vince and Flair in these perspective matches. Vince was out there not taking bumps. And the one bump he did take, people criticized the shit out of. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, that match was between uh... that, that,
0: that stunner, the stunner he yeah. took. Yeah. Oh, it was the most uncoordinated stunner I ever seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, man. but that match between Vince and Pat McAfee was Pat McAfee against Austin Theory Part Two, because Austin Theory was the one getting bump, getting all the bumps for. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was, it wasn't yeah. played out like Vince's last match. It just happened to be a match that Vince was heavily involved in. So. Uh, I do think there's differences. We'll dig in deeper tomorrow night on episode one here in the dive bar. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, Six Crow, thanks oh, for coming through. Tomorrow? Thank you for
1: having me. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think Six going to
2: make it tomorrow. I think that we're going to be a pretty <laughs> packed house. I think Clumps finally making his return. Amanda doesn't ever miss. Uh, and, and Shakes, I think you're going to come through tomorrow, right? Yep, I'll be It's going to be a later show again, just so you know. So, uh, probably closer to that that same time last week, but Six Crow, thank you for coming through and chilling out with us. We no appreciate problem. it. Uh, i it's fine. Yeah, tell people where they can find you if you ever do anything.
1: Uh, I'm at Six Crow everywhere, and I don't do really anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just hanging out, man. Yeah, Just hanging out. Find and me the, the Discord.
2: Find him in the Discord. Also, now that you got all that equipment and you're sounding sweet, I loved having you on. We're definitely going to keep you um, in in the fold. And anybody who does listen, who wants Six Crows takes, he's available and he's got that brand new, fresh mic, a <laughs> badass new headset. He's got faster internet. He upgraded his whole life because I criticized him too hard. So, yeah. Wow. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. There you go.
2: Hey. Yeah, I had so- fun. I appreciate it thank you man and shakes thank you for coming through tell people where they can find the shakedown
0: yeah man on youtube the shakedown sports podcast definitely check us out check uh, our website out the Shakedown com. um you can check me out shakes nyg on twitter and uh the shakedown show on twitter as well man Follow all those things, man. We do a show Monday through Friday, seven PM Eastern time to uh nine, ten o'clock. So um every day we on there. Well Monday through Friday, of course. But yeah, join us, man. It's always fun. We talk all sports, not just giants, all sports. So <laughs> just join us. And uh oh, once man. again, man, it was a pleasure being on the show with you six crow. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Uh ref. I'll holler at you tomorrow on some AEW
2: stuff. Absolutely, guys. Thank you for coming through and being in our drinking buddies, and thank you to all the drinking buddies who came through to, to check us out as well. Uh, guys, that's us. We are at WOTR the show. I am at Ref Marsh, and we're going to be back here tomorrow night for a brand new episode one right here in the dive bar of the IWC. That's the last call.
1: Please support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever
2: you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink of wrestling on a
1: rock.